Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Good morning, Renewed Church. Good morning. God bless you. Who's excited for this series, man? From the beginning that I heard about it, I said, wow. That's, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Good morning, Renew Church. Good morning again to those that are online. I know that we have a lot of Renew family traveling. Just know that you are in our prayers for um, a safe return, and we miss you and love you. So just come home soon. Amen. So good morning. My name is Sabrina Grillo, and it is an honor to bring you the word of God this morning. Um, it would help if I put my glasses on. God hasn't healed me from that yet, reading glasses. Will you join me in prayer this morning before we jump into the word of God? Father God, I thank you for this morning, Lord, for this moment that you have predestined, Father God. And I just, I give you all of the glory and all of the honor, Lord. And I just ask that it is your Holy Spirit that ministers through me this morning, God. You know the needs, you know the desires, and and you know the battles, Father God. And we just... Hand it all over to you this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I love a church that knows their amen. Well, this is week two of our series titled God Lies. And it's not that God lies, but God lies, right? Christian cliches that we hear. And last week, Pastor Carlos spoke about just do what makes you happy and gave us an insight into what happiness really, really, really is as opposed to worldly happiness, which leaves you empty and searching. Godly happiness is self-confined, it's lasting, it is about eternal happiness, and it is about godly things. He redirected us to the Beatitudes, where he reminded us that blessed are those who, who grieve, and, and, and blessed are those who, who are meek in heart, right? Why? Because they will inherit the earth. Amen. His sermon in a sentence was, we can't find true happiness apart from a true relationship with God. And that sets the stage for this week's Christian cliche, this week's God lie. Let's open with a verse from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And that says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Repeat that with me this morning. Beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, not if you're tempted, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Can you guess what this week's focus might be? Does God give you more than you can handle? And I don't know about you, but in the trials and tribulations and the stuff that I've been through and in my very short and young life, (laughs) I've been told that in in some really deep, hurting times. Listen, God isn't going to give you more than you can handle. Well, I, I really wish God wouldn't think that I am so strong, right? And sometimes they say it in a way where it almost diminishes your hurt and diminishes what you're going through. So if you've ever been made feel like any less of a Christian because you can't handle what's on your plate, 
allow me to stand in the gap and apologize on behalf of that person, especially if it was a Christian and especially if it was the church. We don't want to make you feel less because you're going through a lot. And, and we know that God is sovereign. He has his hands on everything. But in the process, that's still a lot that we can handle. Amen. So that verse that we read challenged me for a long time. It was something that I wrestled with every time that I heard it. I was like, oh, there it comes again. Because my thought process was this. Well, and this is one that we love to say. God is good all the time and all the time. That's right. Good Christians, you know it. Well, exactly. Well, if God is good, right, and God is good all the time, then why is he giving me more than I can handle? Why, why is he stressing me out like that, right? Surely because I am the daughter of the king and I serve him, my life is going to be problem free. He's not going to make me suffer, right? Now, now, God actually does spare us a lot of pain in his grace and in his mercy. However, we need to remember that we live in a fallen world with people that all also have free will. And sometimes their decisions in life bring turmoil to yours. So whether it's from God or if it's from someone else, even if it is self-inflicted, there are times when we feel that that deck of cards that we have been dealt is more than we can handle. This verse is supposed to give us peace. It's the word of God. And it does to an extent because it's still telling us, right? It's, it's clearly stating a way out. But it's still telling us that we have to go through it, that we have to bear it, that we have to endure it. And all of that can sound a little burdensome or heavy because sometimes we've been under the impression to believe that it somehow should be easy and that we shouldn't have to do what doesn't make us happy. And I've gone through a couple of rounds of hardships and at times it's been relentless. And I remember a time when I was being hit with financial issues, divorce, family, relational drama. My parents' health was failing at the time, and they passed away 11 months apart, and there was just a lot of turmoil. And I've gone through additional seasons of hardships, as I assume you have as well. Don't tell me I'm alone. <laughs> And the past two and a half years, I'm sure a lot of us have gone through a lot. It's been very difficult for everybody. Families losing multiple people, you know, at the same time from COVID in different circumstances. There have been times that the blows were so hard-hitting and continuous that I felt like I was in a spiritual boxing match. Literally, that's what I felt like. I just felt like, like that famous boxer, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't ever felt like that. Who's felt like that? Let me see. Let me see a show of hands. Come on. And this is in, in one of his ending scenes, and he's in the ring with an opponent that all of them thought that he shouldn't be fighting in the first place, and he's losing the match. 
and he's, you know, he's being hit and his face is swollen and his body is taking punches left and right. And, and the coaches are giving him advice. Y'all remember Rocky Bubble's coach? He would be in there giving him advice. And then it was, remember that's just being so noisy in the ring because you also have spectators. And you have people in the nosebleed sections giving their opinion of what should happen in the fight. And, and they come at him with, a, with that famous chant, right? Come on, Rocky. Come on, Rocky. Come on, Rocky. Just snap out of it, man. Like, just snap out of it. You can do this, right? And Rocky, you know, there was one of his movies where he starts to really lose it. And he, he starts to have a flashback. And his life starts to flash in front of his eyes, right? Almost like a movie. And he remembers this poignant motivational speech that he gives his son in the alley, right? His son came to see him because Rocky was taking yet another fight that his son thought that he was going to lose. And he's like, you're going to bring shame to the family. Listen, you're going to lose this fight, and I'm the one that's going to have to live with the ridicule. And the dad's like, you know, I remember when you were just a baby, when you would fit in the palm of my hand. And he said some, something to him that, I wish I could give you my best Rocky Balboa voice, but that fails me this morning, <laughs> even though I'm pretty good with imitations. But pretend that it's a, that's an older Italian man saying it. And he tells his son, he says, listen, kid, I'm going to tell you something that you already know. And I'll be honest with you, the sermon this morning is something that you already know. And then he moves on to tell him, he goes, the world, it ain't all sunshines and rainbows. It is a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and it will keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Some love to quote the great C.S. Lewis. I love to quote Rocky Balboa. Whatever is appropriate. Um, and that ring, we all have one. And listen, that fight might be the fight for your health, for your marriage, for your children, for your finances. Or just insert the struggle here. Because we all have a struggle, and we all most certainly have a breaking point. Ephesians 6.12 tells us about the struggle. Yeah, I thought the struggle wasn't in the Bible. The, the Bible talks about the struggle. Literally, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in heavenly realms. The fight is not against your mother-in-law. It's not against your wife. It's not against your co-worker. It's not against anybody, flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And I can tell you, I might not have gotten a physical hit in my turmoil, but I definitely got a spiritual hit and an emotional one. And most certainly, a mental health one. It was my perspective of a hit. But perhaps, wasn't God giving me more that I could handle? 
and there's one person that knows about spiritual battles and having more than we can handle. And that's Paul as he wrote to the church of Corinth. And as he writes in 2 Corinthians 12 where he's talking about the vision and he's talking about the thorn. We all know the thorn, right? The story of the thorn. The thorn, I got a thorn. Oh my God, I got a thorn. Where does the thorn come from? Picking it up in verse 3, it says, And I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. He's, he's having an actual vision. He doesn't know if it's him or somebody else, but he knows that he knows about what he's seeing. Verse 4, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except in my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain. How many of us wish that some people would refrain even though they are speaking the truth? Verse 7, or because of these surpassingly great revelations surpassingly great, greater than great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from coming, from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. That's what I was referring to in Ephesians 6. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, Let's say this together as a church. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Excuse me. And I'll give you a moment to process that. <laughs> God really does give us more than we can handle. And depending on your perspective, maybe you're going, yeah, you're right. No, 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 he doesn't. You might be right either way. Let's talk to that this morning. And the question is, what do we do with that? And I know what you're saying. Z, Sabrina, listen. I don't even know how to be weak. I've been strong for so long, and everything I've known is the, is the struggle, and, and all I've known is to be strong, that I don't even know where to start to even be weak so that Christ's power can rest on me. Why would I want to do that? And let's just go to the root cause. Why would God even give me more than I could handle? Like I said, why are you going to stress me out like that? Well, with that in mind, this is how Paul sets an example for us, and I want to highlight a couple of points that will bring some clarity to us today. The first point is that Paul stayed humble. When Paul speaks about his experience, and it sounds a little bit of a contradiction because he's having visions and he's in the presence of God, and the presence of God is supposed to make you humble. He's saying that he's not going to boast about it yet, God finds it necessary to send him a thorn, a messenger from Satan to keep him from being conceited. He knew where it came from and its purpose. And sometimes we can't be in denial about the thorn. 
and wonder, Lord, why did you send me this? And, and sometimes I understand there are things that are unexplainable. God's ways aren't our ways. And sometimes it's hard to explain. But Paul knew where it came from and Paul knew the purpose. The interesting thing about this is that when we hear about Paul's thorn, we think that it is because Paul is experiencing a difficult time. And he wasn't. At that moment, Paul is describing a vision that he was having, right? He was describing surpassingly great revelations. That doesn't sound a lot like turmoil, does it? Granted, yes, the thorn was uncomfortable, but he was experiencing something surpassingly great. You see, the default is to think that God gives us more than we can handle in a bad way. Sometimes we feel that God gives us more than we can handle, and sometimes it's a good thing. Have you ever been in a season in your life when you were experiencing, (coughs) excuse me this morning, when you are experiencing multiple good things? Maybe it was the season when you got married and you bought the house and you had the perfect job and you took the dream vacation and everything was great and you still felt that it was more than you could handle. And you were just confused because you're thinking, these are good things. These are things that people pray for, but have you ever bought a house in South Florida? Oh, now, now I got you. Have you ever planned a, a wedding and, and a dream trip? And, and these are all great things, but Lord, this is more than I can handle. I feel like I'm getting beat up still. I'm, I'm listening to everybody's opinions about what I should do. And I have people in the nosebleed section telling me, come on, Rocky, just get it done. These are great things. Listen, you should be, you should be grateful. I am, but it's still a lot to handle. It's still a lot to handle. So when God gives us more than we can handle, it's not just bad things. Sometimes it's good things. And there's always that one little thing that goes wrong. That's the thorn. That's what keeps us humble. The second point is Paul yielded. It says in that passage that Paul pleaded with the Lord three times. He pleaded, Lord, remove the thorn from the flesh. And God's response was, let's say it together one more time, church. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And at that moment, he knew that there was no backing down. We're not made to back down from the battles. He knew that the only way to deal with the thorn was to deal with the thorn. But here's here's what happens when we have the thorn. When we have the thorn, we start to look at what we're capable of. We start to look at what medicine is capable of. We start to look at what our bank account is capable of. We start to look at what basic knowledge is capable of. We start to look at what our physical strength and limitations are capable of, and we get weak in the knees because we know that our resources would never be enough to bear the torment. But 1 Corinthians 10.13 said that there was a way out. I don't know about you, but when I'm tormented, I'll take a way out. (laughs) Hang on to that for just a moment. The third point is Paul understood the assignment. He said, okay, Lord, I know why the torment. I know that 
your grace is sufficient for me, so I'm going to accept that. And I'm not going to fight you on that because I want Christ's power to rest on me. And that is how I will endure this. And so that is why, for Christ's sake, not for Paul's sake or Zabrina's sake, I will delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. Because it will not be me and my resources. It wasn't Paul and his resources. It's not Sabrina and her resources and power. It's Christ and his resources and power. Does any of this sound familiar to you guys? Kind of. Listen, the Bible is full of people that have had more than what they could deal with. Right? Moses, Abraham, Mary. Oh, Mary. Try explaining that one, Mary. It was more than she could deal with, I'm sure. Abraham, Joseph, Ruth, everybody. I don't know one person in my life that hasn't felt at a point in time that, listen, this is a little bit more than what I could deal with. And that might change. In retrospect, you're looking back at another season and you're like, <clears throat> at that point, that was more than I could deal with, but I grew and I matured because God was close to me. But as he grows us, guess what? The more than I can deal with tends to grow a little bit. But I know of someone else that was given not only a thorn of crowns, I mean, I'm sorry, that was not only given a thorn, but a thorn of crowns. A crown of thorns, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place this morning. He was given a thorn of crowns. Someone who also prayed to God three times, Lord, Please pass this cup from me, but your will be done. Lord, please pass this cup from me, but your will be done. In the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood, feeling alone. His disciples had fallen asleep. Lord, please pass this cup from me but your will be done. Someone who understood to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And his name is Jesus the Christ. And as you can see, this is not just an example that Paul sets for us. It's an example that came all the way from the cross. It's an example that Christ made for us. And even with his ability to perform miracles and heal and turn water into wine, he was given more than what he could deal with. But that's he in the flesh, not he in the spirit. And you see, that's where God wants us to look at things. He doesn't want us to look at things in the physical and say, well, I do discern that it, that is impossible in the physical there's no way that that's going to be done. There's no way that that's going to be healed. There's no way that that's going to be funded. Lord, I just don't see it in the physical, but God wants you to see it in the spiritual. 
because it's through Christ's power that we get it done. It's not through our physical ability that we get it done. You see, when we deal with our humanness and our ability to handle things, we usually run out of resources way before the thorn passes or way before the cup passes. Christ endured that cross in accordance to God's will so that we could endure this world. Not according to our will, but according to God's as well. And with his death and resurrection, he set the world stage for our redemption and he opened the way for the Holy Spirit of God to be sent and to dwell with us and give us knowledge and power. And that's what Paul is talking about to the church of Corinth and that's what, guess what? He's talking about to the church of Renew here in Miami. Listen, I know that this room is, is full of, of visions and, and plans and ideas and there's, there's healing that is needed. There's hard transformations that need to happen. There's desires and prayers in your heart that only God knows. And it is not by just our resources, but it is when we give it to God and his power rests on us. That is a reminder for today. Listen, this sermon, it's not to lessen your pain or the process that you're in. Um, and, and that's where we get in trouble sometimes as a church. I'm not going to lessen your pain. It's your pain. I'm not going to compare it to mine. It's different. My thorn, different than your thorn. My hits, different than your hits. But I do want to tell you that you're in good company. Because if Christ went through it and Paul went through it, who are we to think that we would be spared anything less? But on the good side, who are we to think that God wouldn't do anything less for us as well? You're not alone when God gives you too much to handle. And when we read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 at the beginning of today's service, it talks about dealing with more than you can bear. It also says that God give us a way out so that we can endure it. And that way out is Jesus Christ. His word says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no other way to the Father than through him. And I'm wondering this morning, if you're thinking about that Jesus that endured the crown of thorns and the mockery and the crucifixion so that whosoever believed in him would have eternal life, would you stand with me this morning? I'm wondering if perhaps there's someone here today that wants the power of Christ to rest on them as well. I'm wondering if there's just one person that wants to be able to turn to the only person that can sustain us and help us endure everything that it is more than we could handle. We don't have what it takes to do it on our own. God knew that. He knew that we needed a Savior, and He sent His only begotten Son so that whosoever believed in Him would have eternal life in heaven. And the power of the Holy Spirit backing you up here on earth. It doesn't end with salvation. We're still on this earth living. 
You have eternal life once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But you also have the Holy Spirit of God carrying you through so that you can go through it. So that you can endure it. So it doesn't feel as more than you can handle. But for Christ's sake. That Christ's power should rest on you this morning. And if that is you this morning, if you really listen to me, I feel like I have an elephant on my chest. And when I think about the miracle that I need in my life or the miracle that my, my son needs in his life or the miracle that somebody needs in their life, I just know that I don't have the power and I'm tired and I'm weary, and I don't know what else to do, and I don't know who else to call. Give it to Christ. This is your moment. If you feel like that this morning, and you're like, I'm done. I'm done with my power. I'm done with my ability. I'm, I'm done with, with my knowledge. Lord, I give it all to you this morning so that your power rests on me. Would you be so bold as to raise your hand this morning to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Thank you, Lord. God bless you. It's as easy as that. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. It's a simple prayer and a heart posture of humbleness. Believing in Jesus to do a new work in your life. So with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if this is you and what you're feeling, you still have the chance to raise your hand. If you have already raised it, God bless you. And just pray with me this simple prayer. And I want everybody to repeat it because we need a reminder this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son. I confess my sins and I ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me walk in your footsteps daily. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God this morning. We have an open altar. If you feel the need for prayer, if you, if you feel the need, um, you know, that you want to be closer to the altar, the altar is open. There'll be someone praying behind you. God bless you. God bless you.
Welcome once again to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. I want to repeat that last part of that song, man. He, um, he won't fail. Do you believe that? Do you receive that? He won't fail. It's incredible what happens when we hold on to that. Like Sabrina was saying, when in the flesh, in human perspective, makes no sense. What do we do? How do we do? He won't fail. Just encourage you guys. Surrender your struggle. If you um if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, man, congratulations. I'm so proud. Yeah, give it up for that. I'd like to bring up uh, Pastor Ricardo just for a second. If he's in the room. Yeah, he, there he is. This is my brother, Pastor Ricardo. Um, if you made a decision to follow Christ, he's going to be in the Next Steps tent. It's the only tent that we have outside. Um, he just wants to talk to you. Um, I, I can be there too as well. We just want to get to know you, get to uh, congratulate you, give you a, give you a hug, uh, just talk to you and, and uh, just be a resource for you in, in, in this new walk and in this new journey that you're in. So if you made a decision to follow Christ, even if, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you did it on the inside, man, come meet us at the Next Step tent. We would love to, to talk with you, get to know you and, and just uh, help you in any way that we can. That's what we're here to do. Um, so give it up for, for Pastor Rick, yeah. Some announcements, some things we've got going on here at Renew Church. Um, man, if, if you love Sunday service, if, if, if you got value out of this, did you guys get value of what Sabrina brought this morning? If you get value in, 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 in this Sunday service experience, man, there's, there's more ways that you can experience this. There's more ways that you can experience uh, uh, Christ, uh, fellowship, love, all of these different things. And I encourage you. 
to join a small group. Talk about it all the time, but it's because I believe in it and we believe in it as a church. Small groups are uh, life-changing, and I don't, I don't mean that lightly. It's life-changing. It's where you're able to take off the mask. It's where you're able to be real about some struggles, have people listen to you, have people speak into your life, pray over you, support you. Um, and you can do the same for others, man. It's, 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 it's the lifeline of the church, I believe. And if you're not in a small group, I just encourage you, just go, go to one, join one. Um, you can check out our website, renew.miami forward slash small groups to see all the different options. Uh, we even have some flyers at the next step 10 if you want to check that out as well. But I, I encourage you, join a small group. And also, a growth track is immediately after this service. What is growth track? Growth Track is an opportunity for you guys to kind of see behind the curtain a little bit here at Renew Church. Um, if there's anything that you ever wondered, something that you want to ask, if you really want to know what it is that we believe, why we believe it, why we do what we do, Growth Track is the opportunity for you to experience that. It's super intimate. It's about 45 minutes. It'll be in the connections room over here to your right, and I promise you it'll be worth your time. And then even if you come back next week for the second part, it's all about you where you get to find out uh, some of the gifts and the talents that God has given you and how you can use those things to make a difference. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's eye-opening, and I encourage everyone to, to experience it. So check that out if you can. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. Um, God, we thank you for Jesus. God, we thank you for you, oh God. Lord, we just pray over this offering this morning. God, pray that you would bless it. God, pray that you would bless these people, Father, as they trust you and as they give to you and as they worship to you in this way. And I pray that you would use this offering, God, in amazing ways, Father. Use it to, to provide for those who need. Use it to, to reach out to those who need to be reached out to, Father. Use it to, to build your kingdom, oh God, Father. We trust you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.